What's going on? It's CJ, the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America Podcast 2.0. Y'all already know. Listen, announcement. We will be taking the hiatus from Upgrade America. We'll let you know as it get as the time gets closer. Um, this is season three, episode I think twenty six. I lose count. We're doing so much out here, <laughs> you know. But anyway, uh, we hope y'all are well wherever you're at. Uh, we appreciate you, Upgraders, and uh, yeah, we just have to move a different direction in life. If you listen to the episode, we kind of detail why we're going to take a hiatus. But our goal is to upgrade America. We started with this mission and we're going to continue it. Um, as long as we both have life in our lungs. And that's that's the goal. That's the dream. So we appreciate you. Thanks for rocking with us. Peace. Something like some little bars like don't make me hit the button on the president's desk, the little red one that's never been pressed. Cause that would mean World War Three and all the residents death. That's why I keep it steady. I'm stressed but not heavy. This is Upgrade America. Let's get into it. CJ the Day Slayer down there in Orlando. What's goody, bro? Today we're What's talking up, man? a little bit of Bitcoin and a lot of current events. The world is crazy and we're bringing it to you. But what's up on your end, bro? I'm chilling, man. Day off. We trying to get it. You know, uh, shout out to Miss Naomi, Halfback, SF, Hool, K9, Hool. You know what I'm saying? That's right. that's my girl from Chi-Town. Um, but yeah, man, we, we're going to talk about... Um, we're going to talk about the bill, what, what uh, Biden's been up to. Okay. We're going to talk about food shortages. What else we got on the run? We got a few things. You know, uh, about Bitcoin. Of course. And, you know, the, the world's been throwing us a lot of headlines. We're going to juggle them accordingly. So off the rip, Bitcoin, we're going to keep it simple. Some people are saying we're in a bull market because Bitcoin has recovered back in the 24000 Don't pay attention to the price. Buy the dip. Specifically, I'm going to briefly discuss, rant, whatever, about the SHA-256 encryption algorithm. This was developed by the federal government, which kind of leads to conspiracy theorists thinking that, hey, maybe they invented Bitcoin. Bitcoin works like you can transfer value simply by memorizing 12 to 24 words. And these are called your seed phrases. And you use these words to, every time you sign a transaction, this can be automated or manually. What we're doing for a giveaway, we're going to give away free Bitcoin. Yeah, free Bitcoin. We're, uh, CJ and I discussed offline, we're taking a, uh, a scheduled hiatus. And when we do that, we're going to give away some Bitcoin. All you got to do is suffer through our, ep- I mean, watch our episode. <laughs> write down the 24 uh, seed care, the seed phrase. And again, all you have to do is when you take these seed phrases, you set up a new Bitcoin wallet pump those seed phrases in it will recover that bitcoin meaning you put those words in and it's like oh you're we're recovering the bitcoin it magically moves over technology to that wallet into your possession just by inputting those words and it sounds very it's simple but it's very secure there's over two thousand words that a person or a machine would have to select from to try to uh to try to compromise this account. Hence, the security is very strong. And that's why I believe in Bitcoin and we want to share it with you. Once you put those 24 words in, you can send that Bitcoin to your cash app, change it to cash, buy whores and cocaine for all I care. <laughs> it's all yours. We're just showing you how the, the technology works and, you know, showing love for supporting the channel. I've ranted long enough, about three minutes in and 20 seconds in, what else is on the radar, bro? Uh, you had you brought up uh, um, the agenda to eat bugs. Tell us what that's about. Let's talk about that. 
Okay, yo, peace and uh, shout out to Mario. God bless. Really great source of intelligence. He's also uh, he's a veteran as well. I'm a vet. But what? he put me on this uh, the agenda. We discussed it before. I don't remember about the bug burgers we talked about. Yeah, was that season two? Maybe it was season two. So we we're ahead of the curve. But now our, our friends at the World Economic Forum they are pushing a harsh agenda to you already heard about the current events they the farmers in the netherlands and, and across europe are they're literally fighting to keep the right to 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 grow cattle because they're evidently cattle producing nitrogen with death in the environment yeah so the alternative is to rather to downscale cattle they want us to eat they want us to eat bugs and yeah. they're claiming there's a lot of claims that's nutritious and this and that. I've eaten bugs, I've eaten a scorpion, but I don't want it to be my primary diet. What about you? Survival school or even in your international travels? Have you eaten any bugs? That, not that I know of. I'm the kind of person, if I don't know what I'm eating and it's good, it's seasoned well and doesn't look like really crazy when I eat it, I'm good. I ate a deep fried scorpion in Thailand. It was drinking. Oh, okay. It was bar food. <laughs> you know, when yeah, like if yeah, it's pretty much if I don't know what it is and I eat it and it's good, I'm good. Like you could tell me after, oh that was such and such. I was like, oh that was really good actually. And I keep it moving. But yeah, nah, my primary diet, nah, absolutely. And I don't even I am, and I'm gonna go ahead and put this out here. We know in America, we got so much shit in our food, like GMOs, chemicals, all that. But at the same time, I don't want to eat just bugs for my meat consumption, you know? So. Well, it's not even just bugs. It's like, or meat rather. I can't, it's very difficult to push back on agriculture as a whole. It is energy consuming demanding it does kill a lot of life like when you really think about how much life must be destroyed for one one field you're you're destroying a forest or whatever the heck was there before but a lot of life and, and energy for livestock but at the same time the solution is not feeding us bugs and, and their uh, genetically modified foods but we're just you know again red flag be on the lookout they're talking about food shortages. I guess this is a segue into that. They're talking about yeah. food shortages, meaning this is a fun fact I stumbled upon. One third of every piece of corn or one fifth of every wheat comes from Ukraine. So think about that. Uh, All this stuff that's going on in Ukraine, we thought it doesn't really matter to us, but it is impacting our food. It's impacting our dinner tables. And yet we have a, we have a problem. And if their solution is to feed us bugs, we have a bigger problem. What are your thoughts, man? Um, those are interesting facts. So how would that play out for us? Because at the same time, we're pretty self-sufficient here agriculturally. No, we not like we have that illusion. It seems we have that illusion that you can drive across America and see endless fields. But when you get down to the raw data, Americans see even have the illusion that we are fuel independent and that is not true so the, the thing that we are how do you say food independent that's that's, that's not the case could we make some rapid adjustments and uh, and sustain it's to be determined but if there's an agenda in place that wants this to occur that wants a, sh a food shortage to occur so that they can have everyone with a digital id stand in line for, for bugs then it is what it is but for our upgraders i implore you stash up stash up on rice stash up on things you don't need energy or heat to consume like nuts and and, and things of, of, of that nature but it is it's getting real i, I would say as far as energy independence, from what I understand, I could be wrong, just going off the top of the head, we don't use all our oil refineries. We only use like one or two. So meaning, if we use all our oil refineries, we would be more energy energy independent, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. 
I get what you're saying. Like you're meaning mm-hmm. I mean, if we uh, refine more oil, we would be able. To it's learning about energy, learning about these solar panels and stuff like that. You want your, you want to have like some set aside, energy set aside for hey, this is what we're using. This is what we're going to use on a daily basis. But then you have to have set of energy set aside for if the system fails. And mm-hmm. I'm using the analogy for solar. They say you should have three times. Mm-hmm. Your, three times your regular use. For okay. Backup. I can gotcha. think as above, so below, that whoever's running this whole energy uh, fuel thing is like, yo, we have this allotted for regular use. And then, oh, relations with this foreign nation who depend on oil, they fold. Like, and they're like, oh, we can't get access to this oil. We can't get access to that. Then perhaps they would step up refinery in, uh, in the States while we look for solutions. Because do you think it's sustainable? Like, even if you did step up refinery, how long would you I don't know, because we've been outsourcing for so long. Um, I think they should, because we're about Upgrade America 2.0. Um, we're all about being self-sufficient. Like, we, sh- we, if anything, the blip has taught us is we need to be more self-sufficient again. Like, and that's one of those things, like, considering all the deals that China's making with everybody around us, or who teams up with us now, everybody's doing double deals. They're doing a deal with China, but they still got an agreement with us. Mm. So you got that going on too. Um, We do have, yeah, you know, uh, should should we cut funding for that? Mm, I don't know. It would make a lot of sense right now. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Where we're gonna put that money at? We'll talk about it later. Yeah, Skyward definitely that could work. Um, I think America does need to focus more on, and we talked about this on Upgrade America, that we need to focus on renewables based on geographical location. So if you're in the desert, obviously solar is your biggest thing. If you know you can make water out of thin air, why not institute that as well? and and have that residential in communities so you can avoid droughts and stuff like that you need also a way to capture all that water from monsoon season which i'm learning they have in like arizona and these desert places they need to learn how to capture that water and um what do you call it reuse it or whatever you know something like that just like i'm in florida we can do a little bit of everything we can do um hydroelectric we can do solar i don't know if we can do geothermal we can do wind so florida that's something i'm learning about too the geothermals because you gotta get yeah now like wyoming where they have uh natural mm-hmm. and, and whatnot underground yeah uh, that could be good for geothermal but florida yeah definitely you can optimize on the solar the wind yeah what happened so that's what America needs to get to. We should have, as soon as the blip hit, we should have been already like, you know what, let's ramp all this stuff We've up. still got time. We've yeah, we do. we got time to, uh, to, to make the adjustments. Before, I really think it stemmed from corporate greed. It's like, Absolutely. if you're familiar with uh, Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison, like, I believe Nikola Tesla found a way that he could distribute energy darn near free, nothing is free, to, to the populace. But Edison had a better, uh, he had a method. I only say better because it was better to monetize. And that's the, that's the version that we use now. And it's like corporate greed really steered ingenuity one particular way. And it's like we're at the point, we're at a breaking point where it's like the planet and humanity can't take anymore. So we need to radically adjust to these. Uh, yo, it's, <laughs> solar's the cheapest form of energy out on the market right now and it's like we get and it's clean but at the same time 
there's 72 trillion dollars worth of utilities out there that is too darn hard to walk away from. So, Upgrade America will figure it out. Not only that, I was just thinking about something. Food waste. We can be upcycling food using it as fertilizer and turn it into new food. Like, we could be doing all this stuff. I don't, I don't know. I think, like you said, corporate greed, man, is a bitch, man. Like, really thinking about it, like, man, we got a solution for all these problems right now. And just because of corporate greed, we're not enacting them. So here's where I'm, where I'm at with this, uh, this whole Skyward thing. Okay. I want to go nonprofit route, but then at the same time, there's the whole corporate route. But I think the reason why we have all these problems in the world is because we did not find a capitalistic approach to end it. And so, you know how many homeless people are in America right now? Like four million, if I had to guess. About a quarter of them, not even a million. A quarter, 250,000. 250,000. And maybe 40,000, 45,000, these numbers could have fluctuated, are, are, are United States veterans, military veterans, right? 40,000. Can you tell me how many people are incarcerated in America yeah. right now? Yeah. Over 200. Over 200. So we have a capitalistic approach to give people, to give 2 million people food, clothes, hots, two hots in the cots. You know, we have a capitalistic approach to there, and it's called the pre-industrial complex. So we need, like, a poverty industrial complex, like a complex, like an industry that ends poverty. And that's skyward. I don't know if I want to do this non-profit or if I want to take the, the industry way, but it's like, it's been demonstrated these perils can be abolished if you have had some greed to it. Um... Well, I'll give you an example of a nonprofit industry that is very profitable. Let's or entity, the NFL. Hmm. They're considered nonprofit. Absolutely. The NCAA is nonprofit. And they make billions of dollars in revenue every year. Interesting, bro. And that is very motivational. Like it's it's actually pushing more towards the nonprofit side because this again with capitalism and I love it but I'm, I'm more of a mutualist than a capitalist with capitalism it's the best way I've said industries and organizations that stand to gain from a problem will exacerbate to make profit and that's a capitalistic approach but in mutualism where it's like you strive for a win-win that's the best way to win I think you can uh, you can upgrade America Absolutely. Um, so you wanted to talk about Nancy Pelosi in Taiwan. What's going on with that? Man, so um, shout out to you. I know you got people in Taiwan. God bless the... Yeah, my, my girl Phoebe. Shout out to you, Phoebe. Peace, peace. And, uh, you know, I, I pray everything you're good and faithful there. But you're, you're very close proximity to, uh, to China, which is growing more assertive by death. And they shared some very interesting rhetoric in uh, regards to Nancy Pelosi's House Speaker's, uh, how do you say, pending visit to Taiwan. Long story short, they they said they would use military force here, and I don't want to misquote them, but the way I interpreted it, like, yo, they will shoot that B-word down <laughs> if she flies into, you know, into Taiwan, because it's, uh, they interpret it like, yo, like, trying to start some stuff, because it's very close. So my question for you is, because you, I know you, you will be VP, but you also like the states, you know, job to travel overseas, but how would you go to Taiwan? You gotta do the trip anyways, right? How okay. would you go? And by, by me, how you go, like, because if you bring too much security, it could be, whoa, this is like an act of war. But if you move too soft, you know, your security isn't tight, then it's just like, hmm, that's an opportunity, a soft target. So how would you move? 
Uh, hmm. Got to go anyway. You're going to have your basic security. Just have my basic security. I'm not going to have full-fledged. But understanding that kind of work, you're going to have the advanced team. They're going to be out there. You're going to have the team that's actually on the VIP, the, um, the primary. And then you're going to have the backup team, like the uh, QRT. You're going to always yeah. have that. That's how uh, they quick, re quick response team or, or quick response sports tour. But yeah. let's talk about resources. You obviously okay. have your diplomatic plane, but what are you bringing in the air? What are you bringing on the ground? Who's sitting in the ocean? Like, are you bringing aircraft carriers, carriers up? Like, this is because these resources, just moving these resources around, regardless of if shots are fired or not, can be perceived as an act, perceived as an act of war. Nah, just do private planes. That's private planes. And China's talking that, that, that smack about yo. Fly over here, rah, rah, rah. you just want private planes. Yeah, why are you gonna use all that other stuff to roll over there if it's gonna be an act of war? I would have it in theater. I wouldn't bring my aircraft carriers to Taiwan, but you better believe they'd be half a day away. And then I would have some, uh, maybe have a tactical group flying, flying around in uh, mm -hmm. an F-15 outside of their airspace. But at the same time, we all politicians. We all got to move around. That's the name of the game. We all ha we all basically have immunity to move around so we can get these deals done or have these meetings. Like, in essence, you're saying we can't do that anymore. That's, I'm not saying that. Xi Jinping seemed to allude to that. That yeah. he, did not, uh, he did not approve of it and a military reaction would be, uh, would be the response. Now, mm. it's like, personally, Nothing against Joe. I don't know him like that, but I, I do uh, pride myself on building before I would talk with Xi and I'd be like, "Yo, like, what's up? What you worried about?" And I, again, I, I think we, you and I, and you know, team mm -hmm. could, could negotiate with these people mm -hmm. and, and find little ground. I mean, when you're in that line of work, and this is the other side that's not spoken about. I gotta give credit to politicians is. Their life is on the line. Their family's yep. life is on the line because they're pretty much public figures. So you can find all this information on them. You know their whereabouts, all this kind of stuff. So at the same, like I'm listening to this and I'm like, that's just par for the course. Like you go over there, you talk to Taiwan. They're a sovereign nation. You're going to talk to them for whatever you're talking to them about. He just got to chill the fuck out. He, you know, it is what it is. Like, he'll be all right. He's doing his little shit. We're just doing business stuff. Like, you, he know, he, you know, he's Xi Jinping, and I can't speak for him, but I speculate that he views, and the, the Chinese Communist Party, they view Taiwan as a military objective. And mm. for, you know, for the House Speaker, you said it yourself, she's a, a state official make a state visit and I think it's been quite some time since uh, a state official went to Taiwan and mm. why uh, they're making a big deal about this and again like, like why it's a concern is because if the security is too lapsed you prevent that you create that opportunity China already talked their rhetoric if something happens to that a house speaker's plan i.e. In, in a military assertion <laughs> indubitably we're going to war and it's not war with Iraq it's not war with, with Syria or some little pissant country this is war with uh, with an empire intercontinental nuclear ballistics like that's why this is a concern but one thing this is the advantage we have over China they don't have military experience, per se. We do. So, yeah, they got all these troops, but they haven't been in conflict. I would push back and say you have over, what, 2 billion people? Now, we have... Uh, China's known for what? Their censorship. Well, I'm sure that the United States government and other foreign agencies have spies embedded inside mm -hmm. the Chinese. I'm sure they have internal struggles, meaning 
like, yo, they're training and they're having civil conflicts. They're, they're, they're doing their thing. While they may not have the experience, they certainly have the manpower. Their, uh, their growing economy is providing them the equipment and resources as well. I, and and I, another another caveat is uh, mm-hmm. the, the years of subversion into our, uh, our military ranks. Like, oh, this will BS. Is now is not the time to be like, well, uh, and I'm not even going to give a sarcastic remark for it, but this woke stuff is in the military. It, it, it's, it's bad for it's bad for business, particularly when you want to take on uh, to. Uh, Two major powers, and you're having an identity crisis within the ranks. Like, I, I, I get your concern. At the end of the day, we still the United States military. Like, we gonna get shit done. Period. Like, I, I, I agree with the concern of the wokeness within it, but at the same time, it's the advent of social media that we didn't have before mm-hmm. that shown that's shown a light on our country that service members get to see on a regular basis that we didn't get to see before. Because you got to think, we were very insular when we were serving active duty. We didn't have access to news, social media, where we can see the news was going on in our home state, our city. Oh, damn, my cousin just got shot from police brutality. Mm. And you're serving here. Now you got this swirling in your brain. Before, generations before didn't have all that. So that's where a lot of the wokeness comes from. We we already talked about it before. There's a lot of racism within the military too that's been exposed, and that's why the woke stuff has gone like this, is because of all the latent and hidden um, malicious, like in institutional racism within the military. And perhaps I used the wrong. Uh, I don't want to associate woke. With uh, because mm-hmm. that is a valid, that is a valid threat, and I, you and I discussed it. We, we dealt with racism mm-hmm. in, in the military. By, I need a better word instead of using "woke." Like, what? Too politically say, correct, or what? It's not politically correct. We are getting sensitive. In okay. Sense, I, I see that sensitivity, and it could okay. be because of subversion. And another theory is because. Well, war is becoming more distant, and as we become more distant in war, it's becoming less impersonal. When you're like using a joystick to drop ordnance on the enemy, it's not like you're going cloak and dagger, like real up close and personal. I think as mm-hmm. we grow more distance, as killing becomes easier and less uh, physically involved, it's just like I don't know. People become sissified, but they say that civilizations tend to end when the men become sisters. Mm. And um, I see that objectively pushed. Okay. I could the sensitivity thing I do agree with because I've been hearing reports of how basic it is now, like stress cards and all these kind of things. Like no, it's supposed it's to be stressful. It's basic training. Yeah, like you yeah. Know. But different type of battles. Yeah, no, I'm just saying we still do have the unique advantage of, I'm not saying we couldn't, they wouldn't be a handful. Absolutely, they're definitely the biggest challenger. But considering we're always in a state of conflict, like it's a lot different when you're always ready to fight for the most part compared to if you don't, yeah, you train, but like I'll give you an example. When I went to see uh, that karate combat, a lot of those people is like their first time really competing where they're hitting each other. But you've been training for like 20 years. But it's your first time really hitting somebody in competition where it's not uh, points deducted if you hit somebody or all this kind of stuff. I was I was learning this when I went there. I was like, oh, I ain't never thought of that. I, I figured y'all all been full contact, like fighting, you know, with sure training. Yeah, so... That's like 40% of your power. Exactly. Now you're going 100%. And like, even though you're trained, like, I'm telling you, I was watching these fights and they kind of reminded me of street fights in a way. Because it's like, oh, snap, you hit me. Oh, now it's almost like instinctually, like, you like, 
you know, oh man, I'm not used to this. Like, so it, it was kind of funny watching that. Um, all that to say, like I said, I we haven't seen China in actual conflict with their troops. All we see is videos of them training. That's it. We haven't seen them going there doing, you know, doing urban warfare. We haven't seen them out in the field. We haven't seen this stuff where they're going against somebody. No, we ain't seen that. Because here's one of the uh, command and control. And if you lose, that hasn't been tested. Like how these troops will act when the bullets start, when live fire starts, uh, for real. And, um, but again, it's the same with, with us. Like, mm-hmm. all we have to, all we know is our training. And they hit us with blanks, they hit us with GBS. Sometimes we do live fire drills. But, like, mm-hmm. and if us hit the fan, that association from there, it's just a training that, that kicks in. Yeah, yeah. Every Everyone's a green recruit until they, you know, their first combat deployment. And then it's yeah. training and real deal. And then train and rinse and repeat. So I don't know. I'm not sleeping on China. No, I'm not sleeping on them, but they're not stupid either. They know what time it is with us too. Like, you know, like they know they go there with us. They already know what time it is. So part of war is not you're not even supposed to fight your enemy. Besides your you know, you you win the war without even without even fighting. I think they want to I don't see it going that way because it's too much money out there, to be honest. I mean, if you look at China, they're about their money more than anything besides power. You know, they're really about their money. I think it's uh-huh. the money is what we, we, we demonstrated in the 20th century that money can be materialized within it. Hence, the Federal Reserve is centralized governments can do that. Now, in the 21st, money ain't a thing, it's about energy. And that's where it's this Russia, Russia, Europe. If you mm-hmm. have all about energy, and where does Bitcoin come in? Because Bitcoin is like energy money. Because it takes energy to manifest. Yeah, this is a um, geopolitics is getting crazy. What else on the on the board? Uh, let me see what else we're talking about. Uh, oh, is that the little one? Yeah, she's waking up. All right, we try to make this brief. Um, what are your thoughts on what's up, Zo? Swat. What's up, Big Tony? I see Big Tony, my colleague from uh the Bride, and then my boy, my brother right there, Zo. Um, I was reading over the Safer America plan, and it had a lot of concepts from Upgrade America, of course, about how to. Um, better police societies. I pulled it up real quick. I'm trying yeah, to read. Didn't get the. I did not get the. Go through that just yet. Yeah, I sent you the link for the. It's like one page, which I like. So they just try to make communities safer, etc. Um, background checks. But the one thing I noticed, and it go, it ties in. They want to ban assault weapons and high capacity magazines. Is there any mention of a buyback for especially the house to house rate conversation? Um this the bill shown in the house, eighteen oh eight, HR eighteen oh eight, does have a line. Bill also allows state and local government to use the Edward Brent Bryan, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Memorial Justice Assistant Assistance grant program funds to compensate individuals who surrender their um, semi-automatic weapons or their, I'm trying to see what that is, large capacity ammunition feeding devices. Okay, so like, and I can see there's people who will participate in that, particularly in, uh, how do you say, in response to all of these uh, shootings, mass shootings around. But there are going to be a lot of reluctant individuals, and I'm just curious how they are going to address the bad. But quite frankly, I don't think that that bill is going to pass in the higher house. 
Yes, it passed in the House. It, I don't think it's going to pass in the Senate. It has to go yeah, to the Senate. Yeah, so, it yeah. Um, I was reading over the Safer America plan. Obviously, mm-hmm. they put more money into policing, but the problem I have is they see a, they say accountable community policing, but we would need to see what their training would involve. That use of force training. What does that look like? Yeah, my uh, thing is, uh, my, I don't want to say demand, but like, if you have a problem that's occurring in more than one state, the federal government tends to intervene. For instance, a bank robber who crosses state lines, they'd be like, oh, I see, New York, you can't handle that. New Jersey, you ain't got it together. The FBI, they get involved in handling So mm-hmm. when you're having these incidents, the police brutality and they're happening state across America. This is a national epidemic. You need a, a use of force, standardizing, giving training, federal training to all police agencies across America. Like, let's talk about that. Not this uh, ambiguous rhetoric about community policing. But that, that's my story. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to like tap it real quick. Mm-hmm. So talking about um, takes additional common sense steps on guns, keeps dangerous firearms out of dangerous hands. So requiring background checks for all gun sales, banning assault weapons, high capacity magazines, closing the dating violence, restraining order loophole, banning the manufacturing, sale or possession of unserialized guns. Which uh, are those guns? Um, I kind of agree with that. The ghost guns, I'm not a fan with them, but at the same time, you ban those, people are just going to 3D print. They're just going to 3D print uh, ghost guns or whatever. So it's like, do you really have to put more accountability on ammunition? Is that your way around it? I don't know. I'm not saying that people can't make their own ammo. They can do that too. And yeah. What else are um, they it's supposed to be 37 billion total funding it um i'm looking and like i'm reading this bill and it looks like what's up alicia um it's looking like joe biden is trying to atone for his 94 crime bill like reading through this that's what it looks like he's trying to make up for what makes you say that well looking at he's trying to include um which it's a good thing. It's all there. It's all things we've been talking about, mm-hmm. like using mental health social workers, all this to respond to certain calls and not send the cops to those calls. So that's in there, which is good stuff. They have good stuff in here, but the problem is the training. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest problem. Holding people accountable, actually putting people in jail for not doing the right thing. And that needs to be something that should be across the board. Like, they ingrained it very well in the military. Yeah. Universal Code of Military Justice. Yo, if you have an unlawful shooting, if it's not in accordance with the rules of engagement, laws of armed conflict, they will prosecute your butt. And yeah. Granted, do you have um, some bad eggs? Yes, they do. But yeah. it, it needs to be ingrained that there will be severe punishments for... Uh, because people are getting off and getting paid leave and, and getting becoming cops in different in different uh different states i think it's yes. just you should lose your your you should not be able to to participate in, in a job after that if you, if you kill someone or mm-hmm. you know, wrongfully or i don't know and see it doesn't have that in here i don't hear they say accountable a lot but i don't hear oh well bad cops can't be cops anymore. Like I'm not hearing, I'm not seeing that. Can't to eliminate this fluff, eliminate this this, this ambiguous uh, talk, and be like, listen, mm-hmm. if this happens, that will occur. If this happens, that will occur. And this legislation needs to be clear. It's not like, oh, and these benefits will be for urban people. Like, yeah, like, that's what they're putting like, in here. Let's be specific. Yeah, um, and, and the funding goes to 
you know, state and local law enforcement and public safety. <clears throat> That's where they're going. Um, like I said, there are some good things in here, but they're not the things that should be highlighted that's in here and that's the problem i have with it and then we're also giving money to ukraine when we could wipe out no no i'm just saying in general. Say, don't like, all that money be given. no no <laughs> i would not be surprised it'd be like oh yeah like go back yeah. 10 billion to ukraine like what yeah no, no no i'm just saying but they were talking about clearing up the backlogs which we talked about on upgrade america they should do a lot of these uh, Zoom court cases to clear this stuff out quick. A lot of these cases are stupid. They're not all complicated, like big uh, once in a lifetime cases. Like a lot of these cases are petty, small claims court, like all this kind of stuff. Zoom all that stuff. Get that thing done. Get it out of here. You know what I'm saying? Little petty. Oh, you had a blunt. All right. You get out of here. Probation. Keep it moving. A little petty stuff. There's um the traffic stops. Yeah. Let's absolutely. talk about traffic stops for a moment. And okay. the loss of life that, that occurs from Remind you, these are heavy things. Oh, your taillights out. Ra ra ra. Someone ends a uh, loss of life. So recently today, I believe there was a, a cop just got shot. It's actually the opposite. A cop was shot 24 times. And this was on a traffic stop. Is it worth risking both parties' lives for petty infractions? Can we not use technology to, okay, this person is speeding, get their plate, send them a ticket? Yeah, yeah, why that's true. We, uh, why must we, 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 we risk uh, people's, because every time a person is getting pulled over, they're at risk from some blue smurf knucklehead, uh, you know, oops, I thought that was my taser, but it's really my Glock 40. <laughs> <laughs> thank you the blue thank thank heavens the blue lives uh matter organization is here to pay for my my uh my attorney so i can go home and bang my blue wife but yeah. i digress mm-hmm. what else we got on the radar bro we got 40 minutes 40 seconds okay. you know trying try to keep it light because you know no. want, want the little princess to wake up awesome. um, she, 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 that's why i keep oh, she, it clean because uh, you know she, she's an audience <laughs> so, Little um, Empress, yeah, nah, you said Empress? Oh, yeah. Respect. Um, so, the one thing, um, I noticed a lot of NYPD is moving down here to Florida, to my area. They've been getting recruited by um, Florida because Ron, Ron DeSantis has sign-on bonuses and stuff like that for cops to relocate here to Florida to serve. Curious and I thought salary, though. Say again? Florida is not known for their high salaries, but the yeah. NYPD, they start to do five years. Uh, one of my troops, uh, former troops, the cop in the But like, okay. dump. You, do, uh, you do five years and you get 100K. So you're making over six uh, figures there. I'm just curious how Florida can compensate for that. I don't know. I was thinking that too, but these dudes are leaving. Like, and they said the biggest reason is um, anti-police sentiment in the big city. They're getting tired of dealing with that. And I mean, let's keep it honest, Florida is a little more cop friendly. If you, you know, they they respect cops a lot more down here, et cetera, et cetera. So coming, leaving that environment to where everybody want to knock your head off to coming down here where everybody's like, ah, you know, a little more you know i think that's the appeal i think just moving south a lot of these new yorkers they're tired of the hustle they're tired of the noise you know they're kind of tired of that lifestyle so that's another appeal right by itself right there the cost of living you know obviously um the salary i i'm really curious on the salary though like you're leaving well, six I mean, figures it, you, know? I can't you need that six figures in new york though you need that six figures ain't nothing in uh a brownstone house run you a million in uh in new york so it's like yeah. six figures is, 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 i don't want to say it's but it's yeah. like you need that there but here's my thing um i was watching the mayor of dc okay she's talking about she needed the national guard because of all of, i believe because of all of the legal immigrants that are in dc 
Washington mm-hmm. D.C. Evidently, and so uh, I think it was a, a Texas. Some it could be uh, some congressperson or something was like, "Oh, you think it's bad in D.C.? Imagine how we feel in Texas." Because oh, Texas I know what you're talking about. Uh, I want to say it's Greg Abbott said Me. he was going to send uh, immigrants to D.C. so they can feel what they go through in Texas all the time. So maybe he did it because you saw them out yeah. with the, the National Guard. But it's my my question for you. Are you experiencing any of uh, you're, you're You're in Florida, you're in South. Are you experiencing this uh, this influx? Because I, I, I may have heard that Biden mm-hmm. may be putting research, resources to repairing Trump's wall. I was hearing about they were passing a bill or, uh, yeah, fixing the wall, build, still building the wall. Um, as far as the influx of immigrants, I can't really tell. I live in Florida. Where I live is very international for the most mm-hmm. part. Granted, when you go neighborhood-wise, that's when it's a little more segregated. But overall, everybody's here. It's not something I really feel, if that makes sense. I don't really feel it. Let me ask you about the neighborhood segregation thing because I'm thinking about you know the whole home hunting thing. How yeah. do you think it works? How do you, like how do you think how do neighborhoods stay segregated? Mm. To be honest, between their rules, uh, probably like incomes, uh, rules, incomes, like HOAs and stuff like that, um, <laughs> and like real estate brokers and agents and mortgage companies it has to be like redlining it has to be a system of it for it to work hmm. i think that's how they do it it's like i granted i didn't uh i entertained buying a house maybe like a year or two ago we even went so far as to pay the the inspection and whatnot but i'm just thinking i hear a lot of the the not glass ceilings, that's not the word, but obstacles that are keeping black people out of certain communities. I'm just curious how they go about doing that and how can we go about certain venues? Well, the biggest thing is buy your own land and then build on that. Hmm. That's one of the probably the best strategies. Um, I'm not an entirely different episode for that because the buying land part of it, that's no easy thing. Yeah. Um, that's something I'm going to have to look into. Start, I'm going to start this year and then start working my way towards doing that myself because, but you got all these neighborhoods. It's a weird thing here because then you have all these developments that are culturally diverse within them too. I think it's a matter of when you get to that community. If you get as they're building, it's probably a lot easier to get in that way so than if like you already established. And they stay there and it eventually builds up like that. Now, it's like, I had, even in the rental game, though, mm-hmm. I did experience some, like you said, like, these segregated communities. And even in New York, I think that was one of the best places where they have the most segregated communities. And I'm just curious, like, how does it not blend? Like, I'm in East, uh, I'm in Brooklyn, East Flatbush. Even mm-hmm. though I'm black, I'm not Caribbean black. So I'm like an outcast there in this hardcore Caribbean neighborhood. Then you go to, uh, you know, I go up uptown and then this hardcore Dominicans go to the Bronx. How do they, how is it? Why is it not integrated? Well, also you got to look at who's in charge politically too. Mm. That kind of sets the tone for how those neighborhoods run too. So I'm sure if you were to look up who was in East Flatbush, like in that district council person, they would probably be Caribbean. But it's like, so, do you really, when you go house hunting, apartment, something, what have you, do you, be, do you really go that granular? Like, oh, let me see who the city council person is. Oh, they're black. I want to live here. If the place looks nice and it's in, in yeah. the budget, it's like, granted, there's Confederate flags and all that, good memorabilia outside but like I don't care I I think honestly and then another part of it I me personally I haven't felt that looking for places to live or whatever so far but I have I heard people who I have heard uh, people have expressed that and I just was curious and again if we can provide value to our, our listeners how they can go around it 
Like yeah. Um, definitely modular homes, um, container homes, all that stuff. That's definitely a way to go. Um, I don't know. I guess it's different here because, like I said, I got, I know people that live in nice ass neighborhoods. You know, they're ethnic folks. You know what I'm saying? So it really, I guess, depends. But if I had to put a finger on how you can, how you can keep it segregated, is the way I said it's going to be systematic in the team. It's going to be the real estate agent. It's going to be the mortgage mortgage brokers. It's going to be the um, the developers. The HOAs, it's gonna be like all that working together for that to happen. I just have a feeling that a lot of things are, are, are really gonna radically change, particularly with the rate that these, uh, these corporations are buying up single-family homes. With that I hate for everyone to rent perpetuity, and mm -hmm. it's like I thought about the land game too until my backyard half of my backyard just got given the, the name and while i rent i would feel some type of way if i purchase acres of land and good and then be like yo yeah putting a highway here build make a little jump yeah you gotta be very strategic and the cool thing is about my job currently is i get to see kind of areas where it's not developed yet or it's a little underdeveloped and then I get to see all the areas that are getting overdeveloped or like actively developing. So I get a kind of glimpse of everything as I ride around at work um, of these things. But I'm definitely going to zero in a little more uh, this year and next year, especially beginning next year on where I actually want to be. I want to stay in my same county, mm -hmm. but where within my county I want to live. So I'm that is something man. I'm definitely going to be looking at. That's what I'm all about ownership and just mm -hmm. forecasting. It's like everything is getting bought up and it can be bought up from underneath. But I recently learned something. It's called maybe it's called like the Northern Loop or something. There's a way that you can sail more across essentially not around the entire United States, but from like half of it down to Florida and around the coast. And that's mm -hmm. something I would like to do. And I think, while it's easier to buy a house in a boat, I would have that sense of security. I, I, I really want to. Oh, a houseboat? You would like to do Not that? necessarily a houseboat, but a, a boat. That's, uh, the, you know, you live. Essentially, I guess I need a yacht. <laughs> Those are way more than houses. But I think that's a better investment, personally. That might be a route to go. I, I've I've been on a houseboat. It was unique. Um, Did you take it, was, it on the sea? On the ocean? No, I, I didn't. I just, no, it was I mean, all from the seaworthy. Huh? Is it seaworthy? Because that's yeah, what well, something yeah, like. Yeah, on the border. Yeah. Again, we're talking about geopolitics. We're talking about national politics. And it's just like everything. All these systems are so fragile. And when it all falls down, I want my family and my beloved dog to, you know, to be able yes. to, to coast to somewhere safe and being attached to homes and, and everything like that. Yeah. Know. I know. I just, I got to have my HQ, man. Oh, I feel you, bro. And we're going, we setting up, our, we're, we're looking for another HQ too, but it's, yeah. it's with the intent that it is, yo, this is temporary. If you got to bug out, we have this. Even an RV. I think it's practical investing into that as something we may do for a side project is renovate an old RV because again yeah. so you know who Jamie Dimon is? No. He's on uh, President CEO of Chase Morgan one of the biggest banks in the Okay. And anyways, they're forecasting this whole price of gas could double by the end of 2022. And so that means everything else could double by the end of 2023. And this is just high level forecasts, don't fear, but rent is what I am projecting that is going to maybe 25%, it could be close mm -hmm. to 40, but I will live in our in RV before they try to squeeze me for every nine to live in some little shack. And yeah, I mean, we, we got plenty of options. That's Within all these prices going up, 
That's where the modular homes come in, man. The tiny homes, the RVs. We got options. But that tiny home must be parked on somewhere that they're going to be like, oh, yes, you built your tiny home, but you still need to pay us X amount of dollars every month. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I'm just saying in general, you just got a it, bunch of options. This, uh, the reason why I'm doing this, mm-hmm. I see this whole way of life is, is going to change. I was reading this lecture about... In this century, it's more likely to change so dramatically from, from the next. When you compare, just compare two centuries and, and, and how much has changed in a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Housing, the way housing is, is most likely going to change as well because it's not sustainable. This whole mm-hmm. thing doing now, like, lumber's all messed up. Lumber went up like ridiculous percent housing projects are stalled because because the price is like it's not sustainable i don't know that's where upcycling and recycling comes in we should be reusing everything you see so many abandoned things like detroit for example you can be using all that lumber you could be reusing that lumber and exporting it to every part of the state or even with uh civic projects there like so that's where it comes back to what we talked about earlier, like renewables, like recycling, upcycling. That's what we need to be focused on. A lot of the stuff we can keep reusing and we don't have to, we can make it and keep reusing it and we don't have to waste it. We would almost have zero waste by doing that. This is one of the best examples of upcycling. It's not quite recycling, meaning you're turning a plastic bottle back into another plastic bottle but this is 100% recycled PT polyethylene plastic this mm-hmm. is a printer film so essentially those I'm turning these plastics into I'm turning plastic bottles into whatever the heck you can 3D print in this case it's the solar it's a frame for a solar array but that mm-hmm. is the best way to, uh, to upcycle recycle we discussed about Skyward real quick Phase one is going to be focused on recycling, upcycling, and if we can give people Bitcoin for bottles and then build things with it, like, why the heck not clean up the planet, upgrade America? What else you got on your radar? Bro, we got 56 minutes on the clock. All right. Um, that's it, man. So we wanted to talk about our hiatus as, as an entity. Yeah. Um, we did it organically last time you know and it wasn't like oh my god like the world is coming it's so much better and it is we just it's not like we crashed we we, we took a rationale we're like yo let's uh let's step back from this for a while it's best to quit while we're ahead before they cancel us or censor us you know yeah. and we did that but um there's a lot of reasons to, to take a hiatus for one uh we are heating up with our political views, and there is no more middle. There is yeah. you are left or you are right. And um, long story short, our views that are our non-polarized views can impact our professional lives. And yeah. you know, perhaps for a moment we'll take a hiatus, make some adjustments, and then you know, right before the world ends. You know, and the Hunger Games starts, perhaps we'll start broadcasting again. But, you know, we, we, there's, there's a lot of reasons to, uh, to take yeah. it. We're not quitting, never quit, just a break. Yeah, and we're trying to find alternate ways to get our message out and uh, thought experiments. And because we are in the age of, you can't really have an independent thought. You know, you can't go against the grain. So. We have to pivot to preserve ourselves, our livelihood. Because remember, guys and girls and upgraders, we do this out of our own pocket. We don't have any corporate sponsors, none of that stuff. Like, this is all us. So at the end of the day, it falls on us. And so we have to be more creative and create our own, basically our own, um, our own infrastructure when we come back with it. We don't know when the highest is going to start. We'll let you upgraders know, but it, we'll it's you, We'll keep you updated. You know, but yeah. we just want to go let you know, and, I, and we appreciate our, it's not about the views. 
you know. Yeah, never has. Our, our views is not, or our upgraders, it's not about the views. It's like, it's here. I believe that CJ, myself, we have a lot of valuable information that we embedded in here for our upgraders, for the American people, the people in power. We need to make really difficult decisions. And so, yeah. like, it's there, it's archived, and, and we did it. It's been fun and, and, and a blessing, you know, doing this. Yeah, absolutely. At the same time, it's always good to take the you know, break and process. So that that's really it. Uh, that's all I got. Peace and blessings to all you upgraders out there. Now, catch you on the next episode. Peace.